Welcome to Consume for Good. I'm Billy. And I'm Emily. And we're an everyday couple working our way through a plant-based keto lifestyle. We're excited to bring this episode to you. Before we get started with today's episode, we want to say if you are thinking about making a change or going down this path, please consult an expert before doing so to make sure that this journey is right for you as it is for us. With that said, let's get started. Yeah, this week I thought it'd be good to talk about meatless meats. There's lots of different products on the market and I feel like there's more and more constantly being added. So by meatless meats, I don't mean meat substitutes. I kind of want to separate the two. Um, Meatless meats, I mean, are ones that are like the impossible burgers, ones that are 100% trying to emulate real meat, not, um, you know, like black meat burgers, they're obviously not trying to, they're a meat substitute that you have, but they're not trying to emulate meat. Or even I would say, um, we eat a lot of like vodka and um, I know there's lots of like chicken with an apostrophe and no E in there, um, things like that. Things that you obviously know are not real meat and you couldn't really be fooled into thinking they're real meat. That's not what I mean. I mean more of the sort of suddenly new to the market meatless meats that the whole thing is that they look like meat, they taste like meat, the texture's like meat, and they're trying to really take that market share of meat so that people think they're eating real meat but aren't actually eating it. Yeah, it is interesting. I know reading some of the different uh, ingredients and different packaging uh, that's out there now, you know, some are adding extra fat to make it you know kind of give off that fatty texture and and cooking you know so there seems to be a lot of making it almost identical to meat in how it cooks and how it feels and how it looks and you know it can get a little you know interesting because you know like a boca burger even though boca burgers were kind of originally that you know meat substitute they never really looked or played the part right they didn't fit into that category whereas now we do have alternatives that are actually trying to replicate it down to the minimum of it doesn't actually use animals at the end of the day. So it is kind of an interesting kind of paradigm that we're shifting into because, you know, when you have new products or you're replacing one with another, you know, what are the benefits or non-benefits to that new product? Definitely. I think, and that's a big piece is a lot of people assume that vegetarian or vegan food is automatically healthier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you listen to last week's episode, we talked about lots of vegan items that are definitely not healthy. Um, so that's not always the case, but I think when it comes to meat and things like that, there's still a lot of assumptions around it. Yeah, and I would say one of the biggest things within the vegan or plant-based world, you see a lot in the eco-friendly product world, right? The, the idea of like, I think we've talked about like greenwashing, right? Well, I guess it's vegan washing maybe would be a term I don't know if that's coined or if that's the actual term for it but you know obviously there has been a shift in the market where these products are more desirable than they used to be and they're taking market share from their traditional animal-based products well the problem is is to to kind of make them more beautiful to people to want to buy they tend to utilize terms and things like that that you know maybe are more enticing but you know like you said it may not be that much better for you right you know we, we talked about you can eat a lot of things that are vegan that are not healthy you know so i think that that kind of what's the misconception and is there a misconception and how do you kind of move forward when it comes to either a moving away from an animal-based diet or b you know just trying to switch a few things out here and there to change it up yeah well with these meatless meats um 
I present people sort of assume that they are healthier and really the answer is that they're not healthier they still have like you said the fat content they still have the calorie content and that is a purposeful move by a lot of companies if you eat um like an impossible burger and don't feel as filled as a regular burger will you're less likely to go back to it right so they wanted to have that same feeling they wanted to have the same texture in your mouth but also when you eat it they want you to be as full as a normal burger would make you so they've in order to emulate that i think there comes a lot more processing of the the items that go into it some of these meatless meats are lab grown so that's kind of a different thing but a lot of these meatless meats particularly impossible burger that's kind of the one i'm thinking about really is it's not aiming to be healthier it's just aiming to be the sure same that, yeah. but animal free so maybe it should be like animal free meat right instead of meatless meat i think what puts a lot of people off or maybe what some people are wary of in the shift is how much processing and what is actually in it and i think that's a really valid point of you know when you get um a black bean burger you know that it's mostly black beans there might be some breadcrumbs in there there might be a few of the veggies to bulk it up but you know what it's made out of yeah whereas some of these animal meats the list of ingredients isn't quite as easy to dissect as that would be yeah and i think what's important to kind of think about is is like you don't necessarily have to buy a black bean burger that's made by someone over you know from a grocery store there's a lot of great recipes out there so you can really control from start to finish what's in that product whereas yeah. these kind of meatless meats that have popped up really you can make it there are, i've seen a few youtube videos of people making it and attempting and, and utilizing some more basic principles of kind of vegan eating to kind of expand on but i don't think really that the meatless meats that we're kind of talking about and that's the impossible burger uh your beyond meats burger those are kind of the two big ones in the in the kind of the market share, marketplace right now those ones you know you really you know have to be wary of you know they're obviously adding things to make it more desirable and fit this kind of you know transition from an animal product so you, you know it is something that you should be concerned about yeah I think it's it's good to be wary of what's in it and as it's still new to the market there's always that learning curve of what's the impact on people's health is obviously hasn't been around to study to see i will say that there is some research sort of emerging that it's and i think it's more theorizing than provable yet but because this meatless meat animalless meat um isn't meat the risk of cancer and some of those other health risk, risks that we talked about a few weeks ago isn't there that it's probably less likely to have those long-term effects on you you're definitely not going to lose weight overnight or anything because it's still got that fat the calories we were all talking about that but but the long-term health impacts of eating red meat and eating those fatty meats are probably not going to be there but again it hasn't been proven it's more some research is emerging that's suggesting that so we'll be able to see in 5 to 10 years or so Yeah, and you know, from a keto standpoint, obviously the meatless meats tend to be a little bit carbier, not overly carby uh, comparatively, but they still have obviously more carbs than your traditional animal-based products. So, that's another thing that you kind of have to, you know, when you're going down the keto and plant-based route, you do have to kind of factor that in base and, you know, adjust your macros accordingly because you do have to something that you may be used to eating meat before and not having to count any Uh, net carbs because there wasn't any now you do have to keep an eye on that so that's another you know just kind of tr- connecting it to just the way that we approach it mm-hmm. you know those are also other things that we have to factor in when when looking at substituting a traditional um, alternative like 
tofu or something like that. Yeah, and especially I think you know a lot of these forms we see it in like burger format. We haven't quite seen a steak version of it yet. It's mm-hmm. more burger format. So again, a lot of those burgers, there's some that you can find that are less covered. But you know, anyone who's been doing keto long enough knows like chickpeas, black beans. If you are making your own burger versions, those are pretty covered. So hopefully these meatless meats, if that is a choice you want to include in your diet, they are more in line and with them adding fat to give that texture of a real meat that does sort of fall in line a bit more with the macros of it. Yeah, and I think from the other side of what we are paying attention to, you know, is there an environmental impact? Are meatless meats better, right? You know, one of the Mm -hmm. biggest reasons a lot of people switch to plant-based or a vegan diet is, is really taking that part of the supply chain out of your diet when it comes to meat is really the biggest impact you can make when it comes to reducing your carbon footprint and really, you know, being a better steward. So do these, you know, I mean, obviously they come in packaging, they they have all these different things. Are these better for the environment or are we just moving from, you know, one bad basket of oranges all and we're just now taking out of a basket of apples and it really at the end of the day yes one's meatless and one is you know animal products but it ends up being the same kind of net across Mm -hmm. so really the answer is yes they do make a huge difference i was reading an article and it's saying basically every metric of like land use water use making climate change yes these are a lot easier when you think about meat it's something like for one calorie of beef so one calorie that we would consume of beef, cows have to consume 10 times that. So if you just take the animal piece out of that, if you're just using the products that they would then be eating, you're cutting the need for other products to feed for them by, uh, you're cutting it down to just one tenth. So there's always gonna be that, you take one step out of the chain, right? And there's less processing needed for it. I think what they do say though, is that Right now, meatless meats are not a big enough part of the market share. You know, you would assume with all these choices, and I feel like one statistic we keep hearing is the demand for milk is going down. However, the demand for meat itself is actually increasing. I think that's tied to styles of eating, but also the population is always growing, so it's the rise of meatless meat and other options other than meat hasn't overtaken enough of the population yet that it makes a difference. So if we were to all switch to meatless meats, it would make a huge difference in the fight against climate change. But unfortunately right now, there's just too much demand for regular meat, natural animal meat, and so it's not having enough of an impact. Now, we are big advocates of an impact is still an impact, and so that's not to deter you from trying these meatless meats or even trying a vegan or vegetarian diet. I think for us, even if it's not reversing climate change, we are still making a conscientious choice to not add to it. So for us, it's still enough of a change. We're not contributing to the continuing problem. Yeah, at the end of the day, our, I think our biggest our biggest concern is really incorporating a diet that we know works for us with also, you know, trying to be the best stewards we can when it comes to environment, how we, you know, just are a part of the, this global community, right? So I think that that's where, you know, these alternatives really help us out because we're able to reduce our footprint. And, you know, like you said, if enough people do switch and it seems like that trend is slowly going, it's, you know, the pendulum is shifting a little bit. So we'll see where that goes as, as we kind of move forward. It is definitely a good thing for us. Uh, 
so I guess the you know kind of the end all be all question is is you know are they better? And I think really for us for what we're doing right now, I think they work really well. Mm -hmm. I will say with any diet, regardless of whether it's keto, or it's vegan, the less processed the better, right? And we don't want to sort of say that that's the only way to eat. We obviously all have to eat some process. We don't all have farms where we can just go outside and get what we need. But keeping that in mind of that balance mm -hmm. of some processed foods, some not. So if you're looking for just the healthiest diet that's going to nourish your body, then maybe just making your own black bean burgers would be the best <laughs> or making your own chickpeas. But we've been very open that this keto side of it, you know, having to have less carby meals every now and then, this is a great way to still achieve that mm -hmm. without having to revert back to eating meat. So for us, I think it's definitely worth it. We're wary of it. It's not a whole diet, right? We're not eating the meatless meats three times a day. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a good piece to fold into the diet. It's one piece of that puzzle for us. It's not the entire thing. Yeah, and I think for us, the other side of it is that, you know, I attribute it to more of a mental health aspect of mm -hmm. It has that familiarity of what we were used to before, and it gives us, you know, if we it's a nice summer day or something like that, you know, it gives us that ability to have, you know, maybe a more in the lines of a cheat meal, but have a burger, and it gives us that kind of that satisfaction of we had a burger, maybe we cut up and made some fries, and mm -hmm. you know, it kind of gives that part of it, and and you know, we're big advocates of mental health when it comes to any form of dieting and change. And sometimes you do need a little bit of that familiarity because, you know, it can get a little boring because there's very, not necessarily very limited options, but especially when you kind of add in the keto mix, it does really kind of take away a lot of the main options that you can. So I think for us, it's nice to have something that really kind of hits that familiarity and really kind of that you know, nostalgia of what you're doing. And, you know, that's just as important. Yeah, definitely. It's something to give a try and lots of restaurants are having them. Mm -hmm. So it's always something that we like to support as well. If we don't support the meatless options, there won't be the demand for them and there won't be more market share. Them, so. Yeah, it's very important too. If it is something that you're switching and going to that base, you know, make sure that you're, if you're buying them, if you like them, don't just buy them to, <laughs> to buy them. But you know, grocery stores, their analytics are very, very intuitive, right? So they start to, they see those shifts before those shifts really are present to a lot of people. So as, you know, kind of we go down that path and it just makes it more desirable and then you'll see more shelf space kind of given up to these, these products. So it does, you know, benefit, even if you're just switching maybe one or two meals a week, it makes a, a big deal. This week on Is It Worth It, we have decided to review Vegan Rob's Puffs. Now, what is interesting about this is one of the flavors, because of the flavor, I didn't even realize that it was vegan. So uh, yeah, this just kind of attributes to that. Make sure you read the labels and really double check because I think we've definitely missed out a few months uh, before we found out, found out about this flavor that uh, could have been you know just another good snack to have around. Yeah. So the puffs we found first were cauliflower puffs and Brussels sprouts puffs, um, which don't sound exciting, I will admit, but they are really good flavors. It's got that sort of Cheeto cheese puff mm -hmm. structure, um, and it's obviously aiming for that. I will say what really works for these puffs is that they have 
a more complex flavor. They're not sort of that one note of Cheetos where it's just fake cheese. Um, these definitely the Brussels sprouts cauliflower are not cheesy as such. It's it's got sorghum in it, so it is a slightly different, more savory taste. It's really good though. We love the puffs. They come in relatively small bags, mm -hmm. but they're relatively low carbs. You want to tell about the one that we did? Yeah, <laughs> we so didn't know was they do a, a like a cheddar puff, and you know you. I've kind of trained myself to, you know, see the word cheese or cheddar or anything kind of dairy based and just not even think about it, which once I started realizing that the brand was called Vegan Rob's obviously required a little bit more investigation and believe it or not, the cheddar puffs are actually vegan, which uh, was a game changer thing. Yeah. And they're really good. They do have a more cheesy flavor, mm -hmm. but again, a more complex cheesy flavor. Um, they, we find them at just any supermarket here, super easy to find, like we said, about 15 carbs per serving, so not the lowest of carbs, but if this is your one, um, one little carby thing, if you're having a few more carbs then it's worth it. But the cheddar puffs are really good, the Brussels sprouts cauliflower ones are good, and then they just released dragon puffs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we did give those a try, because obviously we're a big fan of vegan rubs, and they are spicy, not too spicy, but they're obviously going for like the hot mm. cheeto sort of thing um but they're spicy they're good it's got a nice flavor and they're not over the top spicy yeah i think what's important with these that i really like is because they have that more complex and bolder flavors you don't really need to keep going back right mm -hmm. uh, an initial round or you know small bowl is satisfactory yeah. where now the nice thing is is they don't have a lot of carbs they are a bit carbier on that side mm -hmm. of them so you do have to factor that into your macros if you are utilizing them as a snack but you know a small portion of them alongside your lunch or in between you know a meal it's not a bad gig and you don't have to have a whole lot to really kind of hit that satisfaction note that you know you yeah. might be looking for definitely they're they're really good we've enjoyed them like I said, you don't need a whole wheat because you get that crunch satisfaction and you get the flavor and it isn't that sort of constantly searching for the, mm -hmm. the end. Yeah, we really enjoy them. We encourage you to give them a try. Um, and I think for us, they're relatively cheap. We find them at regular supermarkets mm -hmm. um, and they're a great snack addition. I would say be warned if you do use services like Instacart, they do have a really small size. Yeah a medium size and a big size. And so sometimes because they're not your traditional, you know, chips or those yeah. types of brands, you might, that person might end up getting the small bags and the small bags are, I would consider it like a personal size to go in like a lunch. That's um, so I would, that was the only issue that we have had. Mm -hmm. Obviously when, you know, utilizing services like Instacart to have your groceries delivered at times, you run that risk. So yeah. it's, you know, it happens, but that's just kind of a funny pitfall that we found. That's true. All the bags look the same. There's no snack size or family size mm -hmm. that generally other chips or crisps might have. This is more just they all look the same, so you really have to check how many ounces are in that bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's with a lot of things uh, when having your groceries del delivered that I am I am now learning. Well, that uh, that's definitely the episode. Uh, it was really fun kind of looking at meatless meats and kind of our take on it. Uh, it was also cool talking about vegan rubs. I'd like, like we said, if you do get a chance, find them. They seem to be popping up everywhere. They definitely are a brand that is really on fire right now, which mm -hmm. is good because having that alternative does save lives, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but from there, uh, we look forward to you guys joining us next week for our next 
uh, talk on a few subjects and a couple product reviews. Uh, and uh, if you're interested in the meantime, you can find all of our content on our website and on Instagram at Consume for Good. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, see you next week.